0: Hello everyone and welcome to Bookends with Friends. This is your co-host Parker Moon. Um, I loved reading Avatar The
1: Last Airbender. This is Brett. And this is your co-host Daniel Phillips.
0: And we are a weekly book club podcast where every month we go over one book and we make friends along the way. Can I clarify?
2: Uh, That probably sounded like a diss. That wasn't a diss. That was just... A, a funny little bit, but I actually loved this book, but that was, so that wasn't a diss. <laughs> I feel like that's one of the highest praises you
1: could give to yeah. something. Yeah.
0: I, th- I think you're good comparing okay. it to like one of the most critically acclaimed, uh, like, uh, modern Western yeah. anime of all time. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Not taking away from Emma Wang at all. It's, I love she, it so much.
0: She actually, the we're getting so far ahead of ourselves talking about author's note this early on, but she, uh, has credited, last airbender okay. for a lot of her inspiration so you're fine you're fine okay Bob. i
2: feel better okay we're good continue okay. and if you're what really you confused saying?
1: about all of that uh we just finished reading sword of kaigen by ml wang for our april book of the month for the that's, podcast yes thank you and Dan. this is and a book episode
0: that's right that's why we're here today um it's a book week
2: don't you mean the 2023 is- book of the year
0: <laughs> whoa big called Shoot. shot big called it's shot for brett really still it's super early still, but I mean, hey, it was, it's a good one. Um, and
1: we read "Catch Me If You Can" this year, so um,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> tough competition, Let's indeed. Realistic. Um, would it be would would it be our podcast if we didn't start with one of us having like a panic attack right as um, we begin?
1: And that one of us being Brett.
0: And that one of us always being. Brett.
1: <laughs> I don't. I don't know <laughs> what oh, you mean. Oh boy! Yeah. Um. Well, hey, okay. dudes. Well, uh, have you guys heard about these cows? Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um let's do short stories first. Have you guys heard about these cows?
0: Okay, wait. Are, uh, okay, are we is this your short story? Yes. Have you heard about Okay, no. no you heard tell me
1: tell me about these cows. About these cows, Brett. Have you heard about no, the cows? Tell me about the cows. Okay. So, in Texas this week, a man went out to his farm. Uh-huh. And one of his cows was on its side. With a perfect, he, he labeled it as a clean cut incision, surgical precision cut around the cow's mouth, and the tongue was missing. Okay. What? Huh. Wait, wait. There was no tracks on the farm, no wild animals. Very weird. There was no blood. Okay. And the cow was fine. No blood. No, no oh, sorry. The cow's dead. Sorry. Oh, the cow is dead. I thought <laughs> okay. it was like wait, the cow is still alive. Wait, wait blood wait, wait, blood wait, wait. sucked
0: dry, blood gone.
1: Blood no blood, no bleeding from the the, the tongue removal. Okay. Dan,
0: Dan, you're yeah, you're, wait, you're wait, we're wait. stepping dangerously close to cryptid territory, and I'm so excited. It's
1: about to get worse. Oh so man. the f- this is, you know, it was reported. Kinda weird. And then over the course of the next day. Five incidents of the exact same thing happened in different counties in Texas. It's aliens. What? Where cows were dead with their tongues removed with no blood, with no trace of any anything around in the field
0: okay please Those for damn parody. robot aliens was were they sucked dry of all of their blood
1: no, no, no when i say no blood i don't mean like no blood in the body but like okay their their mouths their, were like their where the there was yeah, yeah, no yeah. blood from that that's still incident. crazy okay and this was reported on by the new york times <laughs> oh wow okay. so
2: it's it's real this is big. So this stuff. Is like
1: kind of like a real thing that happened this is, big, this is this like big time three or four days ago is that crazy What the heck?
0: Dan, you cannot, Dan, Dan, you cannot tell me that you brought the story and then ended with, isn't that crazy? What the heck? And you don't have answers.
1: Uh, What do you mean? I don't have answers. I don't have answers. I just, What What did
0: the times say about it? What are these investigative journalists saying?
1: Basically that they were like, Hey, this happened in like three or four different counties to, you know, six different farms, like not one cow from the same farm, uh,
0: Time to play a game. Time to play a game. What okay. do you think it is?
1: So obvious answer, aliens or chupacabra. Or, they all go to the same dentist. Or very, These are all different answers. Odd, um, like it could be like a really weird, like cult thing. Could That's be, what I was thinking. Like yeah. an initiation type of thing. I mean, it's thing. Texas. Let's be honest. It's Texas. So, um, yeah. Crazy, right? So I read Sword of Kaigen. That's what I'm reading. <laughs> What did you do to those cows, Dan? Is this part of the yeah. cow drop? Don't look at me.
0: Dan, where I see a bunch of cow tongues hanging around your neck in a, in a makeshift <laughs> necklace. Dan,
1: you didn't that do has, it again. That's unrelated, did you? right? Yeah, I this uh, dollar store souvenirs. Um, I I
0: think it's it who I'm 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 between cryptid and cult. Um the no blood thing though has me really thinking that it's like it's, a, like it's a cryptid. It's also it's like yeah, a laser. Like,
1: How do you do that? Yeah, if you're like in a cult, surely you don't have that many people that are like that person. Also like Kells are not small creatures and right. they're not like it's not like a weak little like mouse, you know. Like they're they're big.
0: And I don't think, like, I know they're, like, docile generally, but I don't think they are when they're getting their tongues removed from their bodies. Yeah, exactly. That's where I was
1: going with that. And so. uh, uh, Okay, hear me uh, out. It's a uh,
0: skinwalker that turns into a cow and then, like, goes up to these other victim cows and, like, is like, hey, want to make out? Kisses them.
2: Takes their tongue. Oops, I got your tongue. (laughs) Oops, I got your tongue. They just didn't give it back.
0: They didn't give it back. That cow's got two
1: tongues now.
2: We're gonna we're gonna come back to you once we do some more research. We're going to Texas. I'm not going to Texas.
0: Um, we should man, crypt I know there's like a billion, a billion billion podcasts about like cryptids and cryptozoology and stuff, but what if this is where we
2: change the direction of our podcast? This is
0: where we shift gears. After after sort of Kaigen, we're only talking about cow mysterious cow cow murders.
2: I mean, we got to start somewhere.
1: Yeah. If so that's my this? week. Um. What about you guys?
0: Oh, I can't know. really talk. I feel that. like I,
1: I feel like I started us pretty strong there.
0: You definitely, you definitely did, Brett. What you got going on, pal?
1: I mean, that's pretty great. <laughs> Brett says, "So I took a trip to Texas this week, and <laughs> how do you like my
2: <laughs> tongues? <laughs> um, what's going on with me? Uh, you know, just." hanging out man <laughs> just reading some good books
0: hanging out and reading some good books you watching anything uh, good
2: I um, am watching Succession
1: <gasps>
2: I've wanted That's, to watch that it that should be my short story y'all should watch Is Succession it good? I've, I've only it's, heard good things okay so I feel like I. it's one of those shows where I don't like to talk about that I watch it because I feel like it comes with a connotation that you're like a douchey like, finance bro
0: which of course you are.
1: I'm leaving that ding in because that was me texting Brett the article from New York Times because I knew I would forget later. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just about to restart talking. Um,
2: uh, well, that's on me for not silencing my phone. Um, but this I mean, is a I professional guess, podcast, yeah, sir. Exactly, but it's a it's a good, it's a good show. Um, it's in its last season. Also, let's talk about Barry. Barry's in its last season as well. Barry is a great show. It's hard to watch more than one episode because it's so dark mm-hmm. and so like it like grinds your soul in a lot of places. Uh, but it's that, a good. That started
0: already. The final season started.
2: Yeah. Whoa! Wild. But it's like such a well written and well acted show. So There's too
1: much TV right now, man. Too much TV. A lot too of much TV. TV.
2: And we're on uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Watch. So. Oh Getting excited yeah, for we are. That. It's coming um, up, but I'm also so the one of the books I talked about in a previous episode when we were talking about like most excited books for the year, um, the wager, just uh, released last week, and um, I started it on audiobook, so I'll let you all know how that goes. What's that um, one that's again? My, it's the one. It's a true story about uh, the shipwreck off yes. of the South yeah. American coast, and then like six months later, so like the first set of survivors show up and have this crazy story about survival. And they had
0: no tongues.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, all the cows were missing. Um, And then six months later, like a bunch more survivors show up, like at a different part of South America and have a totally different story. Um, So it's about like mutiny and stuff. It just seems like a really great, cool, true story.
0: Um, I love a good mutiny.
2: Yeah. The author is also really good. So, yeah, um, yeah. Nice. that's kind of that's kind of one of them. I had another I don't know the like public ass story, but I forgot it. And so mm. I'm going to try to remember it while Parker's talking and that's going to get remember. kicked out
1: of Publix.
0: Yes, definitely. There's nothing worse than coming to the show when you have a really good short story because it happens ev- almost almost weekly. Um, for the, this is just behind the scenes for the listeners where we will, like one of us will have something that we're excited to talk about. And then maybe 20 minutes after the recording, we'll text each other and be like, guys, I had a great short story that I forgot to share with, with everyone. But here, t- here, about this. I just thought
2: of it. Um, and it's because you were, you said that because you told me to bring this,
0: um, I was stalling for time. Let's go. What is it?
2: It's very short. Um, so the other week, uh, I, so sometimes my back gets, I have like a minor back injury. So I put like icy hot spray on my back. <laughs> uh, I already told Parker about this. Oh
0: yeah, I did.
2: <laughs> I put icy hot spray on my back sometimes when I go uh. to work, just cause I sit all day. Um, and so it got real hot. So we, we met <laughs> for lunch the last week, the day that our friend, uh, our friends Carson and Kel were leaving town and uh, it got real hot, and I was wearing a, my sweatshirt still because it was, like, cold uh-huh. in the morning. And so we were outside in the sun, and I realized that uh, my my butt was a little tingly. Um, yep. And it's because the, the icy hot spray on my back had, like... Melted, I guess, (laughs) off of my head, and dripped down, down, like run down my back
0: in onto my butt. Oh, oh, yes. (laughs) Uh, So I had some Brett. Brett, be honest right now, before before God and our listeners, was it enjoyable? Well, it it was.
2: It it didn't. It wasn't like a painful thing. It was just like I realized I was like, why? Why is there like a tingly like? Feeling? Why is it? Why does it feel super cold on my butt right now?
1: But also hot. Why is it so icy, but also at the same time hot? Yeah, exactly. That can't be possible. It is. Shaquille and Neil should make ads about this. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I did. I
2: didn't think about that as a side effect of put it using uh, like icy hot spray. But now I know, and so now I do it every day. (laughs) (laughs) Can you? (laughs)
0: oh my god can you email Shaq and ask him if he's ever gotten icy hot in his cheeks and what his recommendation is yeah
2: no yeah I'll ask for his advice or maybe they need to put like a warning on the packet or just like a alternate use packet or (laughs) message
0: warning may open up new realms of possibility (laughs) (laughs) for pleasure yeah that was my god okay that's I'm so thankful that you remembered that Oh man, that's great. Um, okay, we're already going on. Can I tell you guys what I'm reading? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I've been reading "Good Night Moon" by Margaret Brown, uh, "Very Hungry Caterpillar." Um, I've been reading "Where the Wild Things Are," uh-huh. "Cat in the Hat," uh-huh. "Charlotte's Web." Uh, so some good, some good books.
1: Yeah, those good. are some good books.
0: Um, and that's because well, this isn't this isn't even a short story for you guys because y'all are in the know. <laughs> um but i hey, i was given i was given permission to publicly say and now it's
1: that parker uh, learned how to read and now yeah. it's that i
0: learned how to read um yes no it's uh so i'm, I'm gonna be a dad and i'm i'm Daddy. i'm so Woo! excited i'm thrilled out of my mind um i, I mean our next guest yeah or ne- <laughs> <laughs> the next guest coming in september um and it's it's just the the thing that is is so it's the it's all i can think about these days um and so sorry if i seem a little distracted sometimes it's mostly because i'm in a state of constant joy and panic about the uh the new life change coming up um being a father yeah so that's uh, i mean exciting. i just wanted a fun way to to bother uh, this podcast that. Oh wow! God dang thanks, it! Thanks, guys.
1: topped my cows. I didn't think he something did. could top my cows, but he did. Well,
0: to be so fair, easily. I was worried that the icy hot, w- the icy hot in the cheeks, <laughs> was gonna was gonna top the baby announcement. So oh, man, I mean, you should really just brought, end. yeah, we really should brought end the heat. This episode
1: now we should no, because we, have, this we got
0: book week. We got good stuff to talk about.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Congrats, congrats, thanks, I, man! I'm so excited Our for, sweet for baby moon.
0: I know. I can't wait for you guys to be uncles um oh. it's gonna be it's gonna be so fun um gonna be the and so yeah that's uh that's that's I- exciting and we will have more information we just had our 20-week appointment um and so we got to see see the little guy and he's growing and he's healthy and he's he's moving and he's starting to kick reading um, a, reading his first book he's re- yeah yeah we're Theoros yeah we got him on audiobooks wrong. yeah oh. yeah you know um but yeah, so we're, we're pretty, uh, pleased as punch and, and Maddie's really doing all the hard work. So, um, shout out, know, sh- shout, Yeah. Big, big shout out. Uh, should we thank her yeah. for
2: our podcast art and your child?
0: Yeah. From now that's, on, at at the end of the episode, episode, we'll thank her for the, yeah, the, the cover of our podcast and, uh, for, for creating life for my yeah. child. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, well that's, um, I mean, that's, that's it. Oh, uh. Well, no, I'll, I'll actually do this as a thank you at the end. So we can we can move on. Do you guys want to move on?
1: Yeah, let's move on. Uh, quarter of the week, we're pulling from Sword of Kigen, from uh, uh, this month's book pick. Hannah P. actually emailed us. She read the book along with us, and she sent in a, a couple of really good quotes, but here's one we pulled for the week. Let's be older when we meet again, not just in years. Let's be better and wiser and brighter next time. So I, you, I love that. That's, yeah, a really thank, good you. Quote. that's thank you. Thank uh, you. That's kind of like the light at the end of the tunnel of this book. I feel like it's a pretty late quote. Uh, it is a really, is a pretty really, late good, quote. really good.
2: Yeah, this book is kind of stacked with late quotes that just yeah. hit you so hard.
0: There's good quotes throughout, though. Like I, I yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm oh, glad yeah. that Hannah alleviated the burden of of choice for us because I wouldn't There's have been able ones. to choose my favorite
1: hmm.
0: uh, between all the good stuff.
1: Yeah, so let's get into it. Do we want a summary? Does someone want to give a summary? Do you want to just dive into it? And-
0: I say I say, for the sake of the nature of this book, there's a pretty big shift, um, shift in the middle of it. So yeah. let's do a one-minute summary for folks who might not have read it, and then we would say – I'd say pause it or, or bounce off this episode and come back to it later because I, I feel like – the shift okay. halfway through the book is, is is big enough to where I wouldn't want to spoil it.
1: Sure. So uh, the Sword of Kaigen follows, I would say, two POVs. It follows Mamaru, who's a 14-year-old boy at the Kimono Academy, training to be a warrior and a member of his people in this awesome Theonite, that's what these people are called, land of Kaigen who uh kaigen is placed on a peninsula and they're supposed to be like the warrior tribe of this whole entire empire um and then it follows his mother Misaki, um, who uh, you get kind of split povs of her past and present she was married off to mamaru's father to raise basically more warriors for this nation um it's kind of hard to not spoil what what's going on, but you basically just follow these two and um
0: I, I think what we can say is um it, it's an it's an elemental magic system um yeah. about the Matsudo family, Mamaru and Masaki, um, and that cast, and they're the start of the book is in a is in peacetime. Um and then and then things uh, unfold like like most fantasy novels do. Um, where they're not typically peaceful throughout the entire thing. That's all we'll say. Yeah, okay. Sure. That's
1: good. That's great. Cool. Um, impressions. What do you guys think?
0: Uh, yeah, this, so we're, we're full on spoilers now for the yeah, audience. Get in so, it. yeah. Um, I adored it. I, I don't have anything other to say, uh, other than say, besides that, like that five stars for me.
2: Yeah. I easy, mean, easiest, uh, one of the easiest five stars we've ever had. Um, it was phenomenal. um i think there's a few moments early on not like of doubt but of like interest in in like intrigue of where where it was kind of headed and we were all i know at least me and dan talked about we're like this is not in a bad way but we were like this is like there's some like wordiness to it like it it's it's a long it's a pretty long book for what you expect um but we were like man i like it's just intrigue to see where it's going and then it hits and you're like, oh, and everything just start, kind of starts falling into place. Um, and it, yeah, it was just, it's so yeah. good.
1: Can I give a, a little bit longer of an answer on this one? Yeah, yeah, go, go, please. So um, I, I liked it a lot. It's it's super good. And it's also one of those books that you see everywhere. Like, if, well, I, I see everywhere because I just watch a lot of fantasy booktubers and things like that. And all of them love it. And so, I was super hyped for this book and the hype lives up to it, uh, to its name. I did not know what this book was about or like what the plot of this book was until page like 500 out of 600, because it just, I was like, that far, that seems, no, no, what I mean though, what I mean, it's like, Oh, okay. Okay. So it's, it starts off and it's like the classic, you know, Academy plot line, you know, you've You've got your young, you know, hero to be kind of plot line. And then that shifts very quickly. And I marked the pages Um when uh, Mamoru and Takaru fight, when that duel happens. That's when the book gets super tense, right? That's when I was like, all right, I can't, I feel like I can't put this down. Every chapter ends. I feel like I need to go to the next one from that point to uh, Setsuko waking up to realize Takashi is dead after the fight is from page 180 to page 400. There are oh literally 220 pages of like an ongoing conflict and tension of this book. But I don't think that's what the plot of the book is. And oh, Hannah I actually said this in their email too. The whole plot of this book is like rebuilding from the ashes of of like war and tragedy and that I, that's what i think it's all about because like the the climax happens very quickly and then you just have a lot of like resolution and a like I, you're almost like going through the stages of grief with the last 300 pages of this book um until the very end where you like accept that everything has happened and you have to move yeah. on and i think that's the main focus of it which is really interesting. Like, I've never read a book where it's so action-packed at the beginning to just resolve itself for the last fifty percent of the book.
0: Yeah, I would almost say to that point, Dan, it, it I feel like it subverts the normal narrative structure, but by the way that it like it's almost bell-shaped, right? Like it's almost right. like a bell-shaped curve of yeah, like yeah. the the very start of it is is slow, it's wordy, it does a lot of Scene setting right like it you, it gives you these this cast of characters what's going on um and and there's some cool stuff but it's a lot of like small intrigue and it doesn't really like you know give you anything super action-packed yeah until it, it until it exponentially rises like daniel like you're saying to that like the crazy action from uh the ranganese invasion um, and then, and then like, but that's, that's still like, that's the middle of the book, right? Like all of yeah. that happens, that, that big meat of the book. And then there, and then you're left with this other long tail. That's all the resolution. And it's, it was cool. But it's very different.
1: Yeah. If, if the book ended with them surviving the Ranganese invasion, it would have been a good book. And like, I, I finished the fight and I was like, man, there's 300 pages left. And yeah, that's there's a of what lot I mean left. about what I didn't know. Like what the plot was gonna be, because the whole time I'm like, all right, when's the second invasion? Like when's when's the big bad show up? Mm-hmm. And by like, you know, hundred pages of resolution, I was just like, oh, this is this is what this book is. Like this yeah. is what's left.
2: Honestly, after the, um, after the colonel visits, like, um, yeah. the, the empire troops show up and Yamanka is there, or the Yamankalu. I was like, once they started covering stuff up. For, there was like, you know, there's still like, I was doing the audiobook, but there's probably like 200 pages left. And I was like, is this enough page for them to like start a revolution against the Empire? Because I was like, I, I where are they the going? I was like, thought, yeah. are they going to fight back? Because Takeru was like, obviously like had his flip. But I was like, when, when is something going to spark where they like kill this colonel and start fighting Empire troops yeah. now? Or some sort of mm-hmm. conspiracy or something?
0: Um, can I, can I get my, lo- my longer review? Because, Dan, you got me excited to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think what you said is exactly right. And I think uh, when I was reading it, what what, what gave what made this book a five stars to me – I mean, sorry, we're going to be jumping a little bit all over the place during this. Oh, yeah. um, but to me, this book is about a, a tragedy of a, a couple who loses a child and a husband who is absent, mm-hmm. and this mother who carries this burden of her her regrets of her past life, of, of what she thinks she missed out on and the hopes and, and dreams that she had that didn't stack up to reality, and then her choosing to fight for her family and love for her family at, at all costs. Yeah. And I, none of that has to do with fantasy. Right? right, like it. Nothing I just said is anything fantastical, which I think is so great about the book because it it did this thing where it, it it's all about Misaki as as a woman who like has this very relatable human story, right? Uh, and then the fantasy stuff is just is just wrapped up and really cool. But I think if you strip all that down, what you have is a woman who carries the burdens of tragedy. And a, a failed marriage, and a uh, you know, just like her hopes and dreams that she had passed on, and her still choosing to love and to be strong in the in spite of that. And th- right. that, like, I, I I will I I could talk for days about why <laughs> that's so good and yeah. why the, Um, I mean, I, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. But the duel, the chapter, the duel, yeah. um, See, which is Misaki and Takaru. So uh, Takaru is that that's. I mean that that was one of the best chapters of a book that I remember reading in a long time. It's uh, so okay. good. That's that was my full long-winded review <laughs> uh, because I I don't know. I think the fantasy stuff was cool, but I just I adore the character. Like the yeah. what what the what the message was was so much more significant to me yeah. than the elemental bending or the yeah. you know the really cool swordplay, which was also fantastic. But like, you know, all that stuff could have been removed. and I still think I would have loved it.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's a good way to put it is the a very human story with like a outer coating of super cool fantasy. Um, mm-hmm. So going back to the beginning of the book. So I, I, I had mentioned before and I want to expand on it. The reason the, you're kind of not again, not in a bad way, but you're kind of just. Uh, You're kind of wondering in the beginning part of the book, like, where are we going? Not like it's lost, but in like a, it's building up to something, but you don't know what it is, which is, it's a great way to do it. But I I think my, and I think this is why I loved it so much because it flipped so hard for me. I was worried leading in that it was just going to be like a, and not to take away again, from Emma Wang at all, but I was like I was like, man, the men suck so hard in this book. <laughs> I was so worried that like it was gonna be too much about them. And obviously I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to say in a bad way, but I was just like, the men are so awful. This the system of like uh I guess like their casting and oppression. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Was so like hard to they're going like just reading through it that you're like you're just hoping that it gets resolved which is a good way to do it because again it all comes back in not that it gets resolved they're still but within yeah. they kind of pinpoint in this one marriage and they kind of hit all of those topics pretty hard within their marriage yeah um yeah a lot of the men still suck by the end of it but it it becomes more about uh takeru and uh, mizaki by the end of it and it it kind of addresses all of that stuff, but, but yeah, that that was just my point with the beginning part of the book is because I was there's just like not yeah. an anxiety you're, you're or grasping worry.
1: a little bit to find like what the plot's actually about to do and where yeah it's like going. where it's taking you, yeah. but
2: again it does it perfectly, so that's on me for not not fully trusting Trust the process, but I was just like yeah,
1: one side character just to kind of go off of what you said about all the men in the book, one side character that took me. Not really by surprise, but it's just not what I thought would happen was Takashi. Because. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. only thing you know about the, like, the, the only glimpse into this family that you really have at this point in the book is, uh, Takaru. And he's very cold, pun intended. He, like, seemingly at this point in the book doesn't care about anyone at all. Like, he is just a cold blooded, like leader of this nation and so you kind of expect the same from takashi because he is uh like the same family but bigger mm. and stronger and so you just expect like even more coldness from him but him and satsuko had like a loving relationship right yeah and definitely it's just very interesting to, it's you know big older brother who's stronger than you in every way is actually like the kind of warm-hearted one when it comes to like a marital situation so takashi was cool i mean but they all have their issues
0: i like that twist a lot with takashi and i think they i think they uh, you know kind of foreshadowed it early on with how he uh like courted Setsuko, right because he like it, it, it was it was not um uh, I'm trying to like remember the, the word. It's not like, Right? For, exactly. It wasn't was accepted like Fisher, socially. Yeah. yeah accepted. Exactly. Yeah, Yes. So, it was that. It was that thing of like he's he's the Matsudo, like the the firstborn, the the head of their clan, uh, and, and like this massive figure. But he had a like schoolboy crush on this girl from the yeah. Fisher Village, and Kinda I really I really liked that. Yeah. <laughs> big big himbo. Um, but know. then but then when you see him with uh with Mamaru, you're like, oh, was that just how he was when he was young? Because the first time you see him modern day, he like scolds yeah. him and makes him and uh Quang do like the the roof cleaning. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I I, I I agree. Um I think early books. Oh go on, Brett.
2: Oh, sorry, I was just gonna say on his on on him. I think it's interesting to see because they build up that relationship with him and uh Takeru, uh where he's kind of he he kind of uses his brother to cover his own like faults that's why he's like dragging him back into the academy and stuff like that um but it's interesting to see his complete like 180 of not usefulness because not say he's useless outside of it but like when it comes to battle when it comes to that like he immediately flips a switch and becomes like the general, like he's yeah. he's raising everybody's spirits. He's he's crazy
1: powerful, and that's what, what, was what odds? Is, he's it was. He like, was like twenty to one on the yeah, first wave of Ranganese or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And they, so and but, they had
0: like what, like forty something people to start. So yeah, yeah it was and like it, that to a couple like like thousand right. or whatever, and they're like, all right, like it's,
2: like it's just interesting to see how they were, and it kind of it kind of comes full circle when they talk about later in the book with their, with their dad and how they were literally just beat into like blunt instruments of war by their, by their dad, because you see, he becomes happier. He is just, just becomes this like whole different person when he gets on the battlefield. And it's sad in a way, but also like he has like a cool moment where he protects Mamoru. Oh yeah. He's cool. And um, it's just like, yeah, get out of here. I got this.
1: Takashi also leads to one of my favorite, like, magic system mechanics I've read in a book, and uh, it's, like, the death rattle. of Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, they're so strong, and it, like, it makes perfect sense. Like, they're so powerful that then when they're killed, like, all that power has to go somewhere. Yeah, it's like a
2: vacuum.
1: And uh, Takashi literally, like, Predator-style, <laughs> like, kills everyone once he dies. Yeah, yeah. Is <laughs> it yeah, it's such a cool moment.
0: Yeah. Um let's talk let's talk uh Mamoru a little bit. I, I don't wanna immediately jump into the death, right? Because I think that's that's an easy thing that we could go to. But I think he's such a complex character before then. And I fell in love with him yeah. uh, as a as a as a main character, right? As a full on protagonist. And oh, I think yeah, yeah. um in any other book you know, I think it would have probably followed the path of of Mamoru. I think when he and Kwang started out at the temple with their like rivalry, I was thinking like, oh, this is a you know a classic um, you, you know kind of like anime uh, antagonist or, or rival, who, someone who like they like make each other better and then they like grow together or they grow to be like enemies. Right. Um, oh, yeah. So I, I don't know. I had all these uh, you know back and forth. Uh, like thoughts of where the story could go. I definitely did not see where it was going with his fate. But beforehand, I loved that, that Emma Wong put in the work to show that he was this flawed character. Um, but only in the way that like 14 year olds are flawed. Right. Like they're, they're so innocent. They're just trying to figure out the world.
2: Right. And their brain, he was brainwashed by his surroundings. Yeah. Yeah but you see him grow out of it. Like he, he's, you can tell how smart he is by, you know, obviously it takes him a little bit to catch on and he get he goes through all the phases of anger and he's like, hates Kwong uh, for a little bit, but like once he figures it out, he's like, he's just like locked in on it and he's smart enough to process it and point out stuff. So it is such a cool evolution to his character.
1: I, 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 love Mama as a character and like Parker said I thought he was going to be the main focus and Masaki was going to be the side character um, it's interesting because his plot line in the book was like perfect student perfect you know apprentice to what his father like needs him to be except this one little thing that just happens to be like the one thing that he has to master uh, in like the Whispering Blade of the you know Matsuda Matsuda family trait. Um, And so just him striving for perfection and then getting told that everything he's like working towards is a lie basically to the next day being invaded (laughs) and Mm -hmm. like having to fight it. And so it's the biggest tragedy of the story that you could think of, of no one that he looks up to believes him as in his father about like what he was told and then he dies, and then his father believes him, right? And like, but no. Masaki,
0: one... Masaki believed him for yeah, sure. But, and she, yeah,
1: because it... she, like, knows she's outside of Kaigen, but also, like, the one thing he needed to be, like, the perfect son, he was able to do, and no one saw it. Like, no one knows, right? Which is my favorite part of the book. By yeah. Because it
2: is so beautifully too. written. I just, I love how he is. And they they kind of review it when they get more into his his siblings later on, uh, but he is kind of the best of both of them. Um, he's super powerful, but he also has a kind heart. Yeah, um, like he's a combination of Nagasa and Hiroshi, because Hiroshi is the cold-hearted Takeru. Right. Um. Not, and you you find out more about Takeru and like why he shut off and stuff like that. So. Um, he he comes off as more cold-hearted, but you know he was like abused and all that stuff as a child. So it's like more of an inward um, type of person. I just wanted to clarify because I feel bad saying it afterwards. Because um, the whole book, you're like, man, Takeru sucks. Yeah.
0: Um, I- I'm about to rip into Takeru in a minute,
2: but continue. <laughs> no, I'm fully fine with ripping into him. Even by the end, like he. I'm not saying like I'm not defending him in any way. Like I'm not saying he's like a great person by the end. He's fu- he fucked up. Um and he <laughs> was he was like I told you guys he was like my biggest villain for most of the book. Yeah. Um but but yeah, so Memorial is kind of he's he's powerful and warm-hearted um and yeah, the, the his death scene is so heart-wrenching exactly yeah, for the reason you said, Dan, because he he accomplishes this thing and the the where he's like, Man, no one will ever like the you know the um the narrator steps in and is like no one will ever know but he he did it a year earlier than Hiroshi. Yeah. Um and God, just that, that whole line. fight scene. It's, yeah, it's, it's, so yeah. it's so cool. And it, it it's just so beautiful that uh, and then even the moment before that where he becomes one with the mountain, which you haven't really heard about yet. Yeah, you know, because Takeru hasn't gone into that part of his his being, but he becomes one with the mountain and it's just, man, it's so good. And that whole fight. So cool. The dragon, the dragon slayer, that dude is even though he's a Fani Kalu and is like the bad guy, he's still dope.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, so I I loved I loved what Mamoru had to say about that, though, when he was dying. And he was looking in the eyes of, of yeah. the dragon killer and he was like, oh, he's, he's human. Yeah. He's just right. like me. And I, I think there was, um. so I, I think you're right. Like it is, it is a tragic death for sure. But I also think there's a, a definite note of hope and beauty yeah. written into how he died. And I think like, the the story elements, like visualization of that or, or symbol of that is him mastering the whispering blade. But I think the the underlying thing there is that he had like a moment of self-actualization and you, you know, kind of achieved that like inner peace or understanding of of who he was meant to be, which allowed him to create the whispering blade. And I think that goes back to uh, like Masaki's conversation with him about like, you know, as a 14-year-old, he had his entire ideology of the world rocked, right? He he right. thought his empire was one way, he thought his dad was one way. Mm. He, you know, he had all of these beliefs and they were they were shattered. He was he was introduced to the the real world and then when he, you know, looked around for help, he had Masaki to to comfort him and she gave him that those words of wisdom that were that were hers but also passed down from robin of of you know you you have to choose of you know what do you fight for right like even though like it's it is okay to to fight for the the empire or to you know to to do what you need to do um but like you have to figure out what is your personal motivation for that right like is it is it protecting others is it power is it um you know being the best and she she lists all these things but she she also does this thing which I I think is great parenting was she didn't give them the answer right she yeah. just said like here's yeah. here's the what to you give have an to example. figure out yeah right
2: and then and then it was like and then someday you might find something else it, it, that was such a good line of her being like, you know someday you're gonna find that thing and then you're gonna know it which was yeah Yeah. sorry continue uh, no but
0: i I, but that's why i mean you're exactly right and i think that's why like even though his death was tragic and and hard to read honestly like a real gut punch for the reader when one of one of the two main protagonists and povs was killed um it 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 was it hurt but then uh, upon like the resolution of the book and also upon like examining the book further i think it was just beautiful and and oh, yeah. you know it was so it's so sad that he he died and and you know the the way that he did was a tragedy but it also like it wasn't from him being weak and it wasn't from right. him being a coward like he 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 died protecting the villagers who couldn't protect themselves and he saved um the son of the apprentice that he right. you know or, that he or the the yeah exactly and i i don't know i just man what a what a scene extremely extremely well written and great character also that
2: their chapter together uh memorial and masaki yes was I'm glad one you of the that. best chapters in the book and just For them sure. totally vibing like her giving him advice and then and then fighting in the dojo so freaking cool him realizing his mom is a badass <laughs> um so good and him trusting it right away
0: too. Can I read you all a quote from that that scene exactly? That was one of my um, this sort of this would have been one of the quotes of the week uh, from from Parker. But it was it was just another one where I thought that uh, M. L. Wang did a great job of writing human hu- like very human elements in a high fantasy book. But this was this was her Masaki's line to Mamoru. She said, "You know, Mamoru, you'll be a man sometime soon." But just for today, let me be your mother and tell you in my motherly certainty that everything is all right, that the world is whole. You are on the right path. Everything is going to be all right. Um, And I I just I had chills when I read that line because it was this beautiful like thing that I think that that parents have to live through where they you know that your your kid that that everyone ever living will one day be exposed to the truths of the world or the harder realities of the world. But I like that she did that thing that we all, that we all want and that we all need, where she said, I'm just going to push that stuff away and I'm going to be your mom and everything's going to be good. Like everything is actually okay. Um, And I, and just like, and sheltered him from the world a little bit. And man, I love, I love Masaki so much. I think we should probably talk about Masaki now because I feel like we covered Momaru, but great scene brett
2: yeah it's wonderful and yeah let's talk about misaki um you posed a question in the notes uh was misaki's life a tragedy
1: and i answered it i think the point of the book is that misaki's life is not a tragedy because of this quote which is from the very oh it's this is not from the end this is from one of the like flashback chapters um, but Masaki says, if I learned one thing from Firebird, Robin, it's that a person's tragedy doesn't define them or cancel all the good in their life. And I think the whole thing is like, no matter what you go through, you can always come out on the other end. And uh, that's where Masaki ends up in this, because she went through a lot. Oh boy, oh boy, did she go through a lot in her life. Yeah, <laughs> Man. Yeah, well, so... It's almost
2: like you almost feel like once all this stuff happens, it almost feels like she has thought that her last 15 years has been a tragedy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then she has a realization like, no, like maybe, yeah, my marriage was awful and my father-in-law was abusive and all this stuff. She's like, I raised these four perfect and wonderful children. And it like, I, sets, I had a best friend in Setsuko who like saved my life and God, helped cool. me see my purpose yeah. and, and like, and help yeah. me find myself. And so it's like, you, you're kind of almost pushed into thinking that at first. And then like you, as her life unravels, she like puts all the pieces together. And you was like, no, she's had, yeah, she, it's been, it's been a life. Like, yeah. She went through a lot of things, not to take away from anything she did go through, very traumatic, but yeah, she learned a lot,
1: and it was a journey, and it was a crazy journey. It's the comparison of like tragic moments versus a tragic life, and she has mm-hmm. had lots of tragic moments and has made it through each of them. She persevered,
2: yeah, yeah because of her strength and her... Love of her children and the a couple of people around her that yeah. loved her and her, her sick swordplay
0: and her amazing swordplay and water bending. God. <laughs> yeah. So I think uh, y'all. I mean, y'all pretty much nailed it w- with like what I was posing with the question. Um, but yeah, I think that like when I when I read her story, uh, it's it is a very like human story of like the the fear of like oh like did I make the wrong turn. Did I do the wrong things? Did I give up the wrong you know, like, like why with, did like, I
2: sacrifice that part of my life? Right.
0: And, and you and you feel that like tragedy um, you know, as she's like kind of reflecting on daybreak and everything like that. But I also Robin's a hottie. Yeah, because Robin's so hot. Um but I, I I just love her as a character because of the fact that she she decided that her life wasn't a tragedy, right? Like she chose um, that you know her kids weren't mistakes. That her her life wasn't a mistake. That um you, you know despite what other people were going to do or whatever their world was going to throw at them, that she was going to love her kids and raise them the right way. Um, and uh, I, I think that that is like one of the best parts of her hero's journey is uh, when she kind of like breaks free of the shackles of right um you know, the essentially the prison that she had been living in, which was in two parts, like one part was her own like self doubt and regret um of like what she had missed out. But then also obviously like the culture and the Matsudo like lineage and like all of the, the stuff that had been placed on her. And then she just decided like, I mean, obviously like all the, the Renganese stuff happened, but she decided like, no, this, this doesn't define me. Um right. there, there was that one that, scene yeah. where she stood up to Takiro and was yeah. like, you didn't raise these kids like I right. raised these kids. That scene, that had, scene was like sick. It was That was
2: so good. The the scene where she tells him off at, and it's after it's it's a little it's almost right before the duel. It's like Yeah. in between the battle but I was like standing up like fist pumping the air like get his ass like what well, was like <laughs> get him. T- Takasaki like fuck like this
1: guy. I can't believe you would let Hiroshi kill a man and she's like i protected three sons and you only had one and he died so yeah yeah that <laughs> Sh- was like shoot. yeah yeah i
0: it yeah went, i really i really loved there was a part where she where the narrative shifted where she no longer cared about propriety or um like you like saying the right things or even like uh you know whatever whatever Outside of, like, no, I'm I'm a good mom. And, like, I'm going to be a good mom and a strong mom. And, like, right. you, you can't take that away from me because of your, like, actions or because of...
1: Because uh, you're you, the you know, man of the family right. and I'm
2: supposed to, like, submit to you. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, let's uh, move to a big piece of the book we haven't talked about yet, which is Robin and Misaki's, like, Daybreak chapters. And, and the last chapter, too, because last chapter is a decent chunk of the book. Do you guys like all of that stuff or did you not jive with it
0: so i think we'll well and we can we can talk about this because i have a little bit of authors' note stuff on it okay um but i do think that there was some really really cool elements with daybreak yeah. um, and i loved the masaki background some of it did feel a little jarring because yes. it felt so different um but i know that from from research that a lot of that was to, to tie in the theonite series yes Yes. I mean, that. that's kind of, that's my thoughts.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to say and kind of go to. Um, this book is a really good standalone fantasy novel, but you do have to remember it's like a novella for a... Wild. ...was another trilogy, right? Like as a small it feels piece so of weird. a longer series. Um, and I think that's what those chapters are for, especially at the end. Like you get a lot of stuff at the end, i'm like Ooh, up. I, I, don't, yeah. I don't know what's going on here all right moving on <laughs> <laughs> yeah the daybreak
2: stuff i loved i will say at first and i think this is part of just because i was busy doing something else but i was listening to the audiobook i think i told you guys and all of a sudden they were talking about something that felt like a million miles away i was so confused until like I slowly came back around. I was like, okay, this is a backstory. Like, but that was more me just not paying it. But all of a sudden we were in, in Kaigen. And then all of a sudden we're like in this other place with these characters. I don't know. And I was like, this is a cool,
0: like crime fighting story. Like, this is awesome. (laughs) Right. Like who, who put a super, who put a superhero drama in my, (laughs) uh, like magical Japanese based fantasy. Like what happened there?
2: Right. I was like, are they introducing other characters that are going to like, come across the world and like meet up with him somehow, but I didn't realize yeah. that it was it's like that's here's more a me. katana
1: and here is Ellen who can change into anything. I was like, whoa, yeah. Also Where'd yeah, you come the,
2: the sub Theonite, like the Latigi and all that kind of stuff yeah. was super cool. Um
1: to, to go into the like I guess standalone part of Robin's whole story, I love that he like had a life after Masaki. Mm-hmm. Like tried to tried to anyway i'll say but like him coming back at the end like with a kid felt a lot more satisfying than yeah for sure just like being alone for 15 years well uh, yeah because you're you're so that it's just kind of sitting
2: over top of you the entire yeah. story after she you know like tells you oh, the yeah, yeah. f off you're like Are they going to bring him back in? Like, what, what, what? How are they going to do this? Because he's like so cool, and now that she's made up with Takaru, like,
0: is this going to throw a wrench in it? Like
1: now, because that's going to happen.
0: (laughs) I really appreciate, and this is this is sorry, this is a dumb thought. Um, I liked Robin as a character. I liked his heart. I liked who he was, what he stood for. I'm a sucker for a um a almost like aladdin type like you know rags to riches and like a heart of gold Uh, forever i mean he he was he was literally uh i mean kind of a a bruce wayne but a better a better like character like happy and well based off his name i couldn't not picture him as dick grayson's nightwing like he's this like hopeful version of the batman story right of like this like orphan child who then inherits a lot of money and fights crime very weird that it was in this story um but it i mean i i really loved his character and uh i I liked what he stood for i like that he wasn't written off later um kind of what you were saying dan uh to either like like they didn't write they didn't have to like wreck him as a character like morally or anything like that to make it like an easy scapegoat but I also really especially, especially appreciated what you were saying, Dan, where, like, his life went on. And I think that's a very another piece of Emma Wong's, like, sh- the strength in her writing here is that, like, w- w- it shows that, like, your choices have consequences. And, like, Misaki's yeah. life, like, she's she spent 15 years apart. She raised a family. She was, like, doing this whole other thing. And so it would it would have been weird or unsatisfying to read, a, uh, you know, an ending where Robin was just like waiting for her the entire time right. and had no growth, was very stagnant.
1: Well, it's almost um, parallel to Masaki because yeah. he had some pretty tragic moments over the course of that 15 years, starting with really yeah. seemingly his best friend and love interest telling him he's a piece of garbage and to never talk to her again. And then and he had to name his son, Daniel. Up came That's out of top named his to son Daniel and Daniel made Tragic. me laugh so much. Yeah, I laughed at that a lot too. Daniel oh, reminds me of Jack Jack because every scene with Daniel <laughs> I had to say Satsuka was nearby to douse him with water if you can bust it. And I was like, yeah. wow, Daniel's awesome.
0: <laughs> oh, I was just laughing at the fact that he had your name in this book. Oh, and yeah, I just yeah. I couldn't get around my brain was like, why why am I reading Daniel? Like <laughs> Dan's just Popping around in the Sword of Kaigen. I legit thought that the... Because he's speaking like a
2: mystery language that she doesn't understand. I was yeah. like, if it's going to be like English, I'm going to fall out laughing. Like, randomly, there's <laughs> like an English culture far away or so. And that's why he's
1: named Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's just the thing with like... I wonder if the the other books, in and is like that. Because it's like Robin and Ellen and Daniel. Like...
0: Yeah, I think it's definitely a cultural thing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and we can we can get because I've done I did a little research into the the Theonite um, series, so we'll talk yeah, about that do later. Do
1: you have any any other thoughts on on things?
0: I have big thoughts.
1: What you got? Keep going. I know
0: we're running long. Oh, okay. um, so I do want to talk a little bit more in depth about Takeru and specifically the chapter the duel. Yeah. Um, like it. I alluded to earlier that was that that was my favorite chapter of the book and I think it was the one of the most powerful chapters but what I wanted to point out um, to you guys because I, I couldn't stop thinking about it why I like this book so much is that up until that chapter which is very late in the book Takeru could have been the main antagonist yeah fully 100%. justified like like he could have been fully he justified sucked. as this this main antagonist to misaki's life he didn't. He didn't grieve over his dead son. They used the motif. He was just following orders multiple times. I don't think that was an accident. Um, he took advantage
2: and, of this culture that benefited him entirely and didn't do any of his supposed roles as like the man. Sorry, continue. I'm interrupting.
0: No, but I mean you're exactly right. And um, so but but the thing that I thought was just like the most refreshing piece of like like content and just like a uh, an awesome twist was the fact that once again Masaki completely controlled the narrative of her life by choosing to forgive him which i think is such a powerful story um especially kind of w- with what i was talking about earlier uh, of, of why i like the book so much is cuz you could remove all these fantasy elements right and this could be about a story of a uh, of a an unhappy marriage an unfulfilled marriage a man who becomes completely passive in a relationship, doesn't take care of the kids, only cares about work and, and isn't emotionally there for his wife. And then tragedy strikes with one of their children dying. And then the wife has to confront the husband and she still chooses. She, she basically tells him like you either get it together and you be the man that we need for this family or Or we're done. In this case, she was going to decapitate him, um, which (laughs) I think is,
1: is, you know, yeah, uh,
0: really great. Is that not Um, how
1: you guys settle arguments in your household?
0: Yeah, we we do a lot of swordplay to uh, to just you know solve disputes. Okay. Um, But like that that writing, I just adored, and I, I really loved how all of the fighting in this book as cool as it was as cool as the elemental fighting was and the blood bending and the you know the ice magic and all of that stuff it it felt like it served a narrative purpose first and then served the purpose of being good action right um, and that scene was the like best of both worlds i thought so the good. the action sequences of them fighting was so cool of him not being able to perform the uh the whispering blade and like, and, and her like keeping like pressing the advantage and saying like, I, like you, you need to show me not just with your words, but with your actions that you're going to be a changed man and, and, and show emotion and be this man who, who she saw that he could be and, and giving him that chance. I think that's a really powerful story. Um, and I think a lot of times uh, we don't see that story these days Um, which is, which is fine because the story could have, the story very well could have ended with her killing him on that mountain. And I, I would have been fine with it. Right. Like it could have gone down a very different path. Um, But I think this, the story of her choosing to forgive and wanting to press forward and make him better and make herself better was a delight to read. And, and just this like beautiful note of like hope in a in a failed relationship, which like I just don't I don't know I don't know guys yeah. it, it gave me like it like all the good feelings Chills. when I was reading it yeah
2: and the small note the the fact that she found her power came from within
0: yeah and yeah.
2: like in, you know through her discussion with her brother but like that was just to Carrie's realization of that like seeing that she had no like outward Gia and that it was all just like within her it was that was so cool.
0: Yeah, I mean the fight was great, and then and then also, and I I mean I to to talk about Takeru also, I think he, um, she Emma Wong did a fantastic job of making this character who up until again that very end of the book was so detestable, so unlikable, like all yeah. of the stuff post Mamoru's death where he like wasn't mourning him, where he didn't care, and then she had that scene where he was explaining himself of how he literally was he had become less than human yeah. because he had retreated into the Malon. Um He had retreated into this like passivity, this role where he didn't have to deal with his emotions. He didn't have to worry about the complexities and the messiness of life. And he could just be this pillar of ice, pun intended. Um, and nice. yeah, right. <laughs> ice. Right. And, uh, uh, and, and then like her dragging him out of that, I just, I really loved it, guys. It was just so such good writing and such a cool way to redeem him in a way that um, still gave him like credit as a character for being, right. you know, able to come back from that brink of of desolation, yeah. um, but also wasn't a story of him saving himself or or him just turning over a new leaf. Like Masaki, like. And like really saved her entire family, but really also saved him from himself being this like evil character, and and redeemed him and her family, which was just good.
2: It acknowledges that he still has a lot of work to do on himself. Yes. Yeah, but it, yeah it did like 180 his character from like absolutely being the worst.
0: Yeah, and that's a great call up, Brett, because he wasn't perfect. I I liked that too, that it wasn't like he just flipped a switch and was like, Oh, now I'm this perfect loving husband. Yeah. She was, and she was like, no, like this is going to take time. We're going to fight about things. We're going to, we're going to have to still unwork his misogyny and like, and, and, and rebuild what the culture would look like going forward. Right. But it was with them side by side as equals, which was so cool.
1: There was one line where uh Masaki realized that the, like they would fight again, and yeah. Takaru catches her smiling about it, and he's like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah. He's like, "Oh, oh, like you're in for the long haul now. <laughs> we're gonna fight,
2: yeah. but we're gonna get through it, yeah. because that's a part of our relationship, right?
0: She's gonna whip out Shadow's daughter and make him God. feel emotions. <laughs> so cool.
2: Quick uh, note of some side characters um, that we love.
1: Set to go. to go. Let's so go
2: was the best she was an incredible friend an incredible mother so cool. such a cool yeah she was amazing um the the moment with where she brings masaki out of her like like rips her out of her depression almost not like instantly but it was like you no know, wake up like i love you I look up to you. You are this yeah. person. Stop talking bad about yourself. Like shut up. Stop talking about yourself that way. She's just such a great like support system. And I would love to read like a an novella within a novella about her life. Um and just the way that she takes things in stride. She's just so strong. So cool. She's so optimistic as well because when Takashi dies, yeah. she doesn't yeah she's obviously like she's probably be, you know sad and mourns but she doesn't skip a beat and is like no he was a hero like that's awesome and it is he like celebrates.
1: yeah he killed many man good for him
2: yeah she like celebrates his life yeah.
1: very different side character and uh yori oh
0: god tragic that is the tragedy that's the tragedy of the story in yeah. my opinion
1: truly she just wanted a life man and lost everything but again
2: misaki her stepping up in that moment was so incredible and taking charge of again the stupid men and she was like no this baby was born she chose life for this child yeah you are not gonna go against her wishes No matter how tragic her passing was um um Kwong he was he was cool I mean he was was.
1: I thought he was gonna be a little turd the whole book well he was a foil
2: to Mamoru in the beginning and you're like but obviously you trust him because he's it sounds like he's right and everything is kind of leaning towards him being right but then he disappears for a while and goes to call reinforcements and his dad's cool and he's just like your tech support friend almost
0: I thought he was going to play a way bigger role than he did, Sam. in this he story. he just disappears for a long time. Yeah.
2: And then, obviously, one of the coolest characters in the whole book, um, the Lightning Die Yukino Die,
0: um, Lightning Die, the,
2: the sword, the sword master at um, at the academy, um, and Momoru's kind of teacher, his personal um, like mentor, yeah. because. Takeru won't teach him, uh, but no matter, because Yukino od- Dai is uh, the best. And it just his death scene, um, the way he went out, and honestly, the first moment, like the one moment of like a, almost like a ray of hope for Takeru when he puts his arm on a Nemo- uh shoulder and is like, no, he chose yeah. to protect his... His student, you are his last remaining student. Live for that. Fight for that because that's Mm -hmm. why he died. Yeah. He said, live for that. Fight for that.
1: I'll see you later. There's like 30 (laughs) more guys coming up. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck. (laughs) Can I say,
0: good
2: luck, Buckaroo? One tragic note that they don't really bring back, and it kind of shows also a slight hint into Carrier's character. Um, He could have, he, arguably would have killed the dragon slayer or the dragon killer if he hadn't have been blood needled because you notice he missed with his ice spike and hit him in the, the shoulder yeah not to say that it's mizaki's fault in any way but and that was a like callback. a moment it was a moment i was dreading calling back because i was like he's gonna bring this up and try to tear her down and destroy her
0: Huh? I didn't even consider that. That's yeah. a yeah. Well, because
2: wow. you, he, you notice he, he's like, I missed, and he like, he like twitches his right arm, because huh. he's still the the blood needle's wearing off, and he missed yeah, his heart. I totally heart. missed that. Wow. Takashi's like, man, that's not you, brother. And I was like, he's gonna bring that up later. If I was like, when he was still in his villain arc, you're like, he's gonna use that against her, and I'm gonna be so mad. But that was a that was an interesting point that I yeah. noticed.
0: Yeah, all I mean, all great characters. I don't think I have much to add. You, you nailed it with the side characters. Any other final thoughts?
1: I got none. Sword of Kaigen, ML Wang. ML so Wang, good. in the Kigan. books. Do, Thank you, do, ML me. Wang.
0: Should we roll to author's note?
1: Yeah. Yes, please. You did some research on this. Yeah. So I
0: did some research, and I also this kind of ties a little bit into the the last chapter of the book, um, which was titled Robin, um, and it was a very long chapter. And I kind of wanted to get y'all thoughts on it because I almost think that it would have worked better as a standalone, super short novella, like a f- like a 50 page. I don't even remember how long it was, um, but like that ending, I think they could have like
1: took expanded of, more,
0: taken some of the the setup that they did yeah. for like the Daybreak Academy and like them sending their sons there and daniel and like a, a whole bunch of this stuff um in that book because it the tone shifted almost so much to where like i i could see i, I didn't really have a problem with myself but i could see people being um like bored or like what's going like why why is there this much right. added ending well because the the
2: assassin character the assassination attempt happens and you're like you're like pulled right back in. Like, who are we fighting right now? Like, where are we going yeah, with this? Right. And then it just there's goes away book. until the end. And they're like, "Oh yeah, that's from something else." And you're like, "That was that was a wild moment just to happen."
0: Yeah. So there's there's like there's all this setup in uh in the ending with um uh, with Robin where he alludes to a, a really powerful new foe who's collecting children of all the different uh, Gia types. Um, or, or, you know, for lack of a better term, like elemental bending types and he's, he's raising an army. Uh, there was, there was assassinate, there was like an assassination attempt. Um, it's someone from Robin's past and it sets up, uh, like the kind of the way forward for this story and it, I don't know, it just, it, it, it does a it bunch of. It to
2: the main villain.
0: Work, of. right? There, there's, yeah, there's the, the villain who can, like, he controlled Robin by, like, having full control over his blood, which they had thought was, like, a myth. They had thought blood puppeteering was not real.
2: He's, like, a higher form of bending or elemental magic. Like, he's a super being of elemental magic.
0: Yeah. And, um, and, and so, while while like, it, it it wasn't bad by any means. It definitely just felt like this would be set up for book two, which leads me to the author's note, which is to say, um, if you don't already know this listeners there, is, there's not going to be a sequel. So sort of Kaigen is a, it's, it's called a Figanite war story. That's kind of the, the subtitle and it is a, spin-off of ML Wang's other books which are it, it it's the Theonite series. Um that series takes place I think 12 or 13 years after sort of Kaigen. So some of these characters are, are are main characters in Theonite, namely Daniel and um uh what's she? her her youngest no hiroshi's i I think he might be in it yeah azumo is one of the main characters um and so i i believe that it takes place with them at daybreak because even takeru says like we're gonna send our children to daybreak academy yeah and i think that like the the villain and all that stuff like all of that end of the book was tie back to her main series which is very cool um on a sad note or on or, or just a, or a note to to uh for the listeners to take, you know, in consideration um there may not be any more theonite books. So she wrote two um with with uh different you know semi-success like it has its own acclaim but nowhere near as uh popular as the standalone sort of Kaigen. But she actually came out and said that she's just she's putting it down for now um and i did some research into into her and to her she she is writing she's she's still continuing to write and to make new books um and she she's actually got another book coming out in 2023 so be on the lookout for that i know i'm gonna check it out but her note for the theonite series in particular was that she just she had been doing this world building this this creation of this universe since she was 12 years old And she had all these inspiration and all this grand idea. And she said at her current writing level and where she is in her life personally, she doesn't think she can take on finishing the series, which I think is cool. I think that one that shows an incredible amount of of restraint and understanding her and understanding herself um, and then also it's cool in the way that like the audience, the, li- the, the readers have to respect that at the end of the day, these authors that we read, we, you know, when we're reading their books, they're sharing their, their art with us, their work with us. And they're not, their, um, their hearts and their souls. Right. Exactly. And, and they're not, they're not like obligated to finish or to do stuff for us. I know right. that there's definitely a piece of us. Like, I mean, me included. That's like, oh man, like I would love to see like if this series continued, like, you know, where would this go? But I also think like the sort of Kaigen is so good and so special in its own right that a part of me is really glad, like a part of me likes yeah. that it's um it's untouched. She also has said that she doesn't intend to do a sequel for just the sort of Kaigen because of the timeline that she's written for her, her universe she said nothing happens um, yeah. of significance between now and those 13 years on Mount Takayubi, which I was like, oh, that's that's interesting, right? Like she's written this world, or at least like she has this world down in her mind, and she's her, she's done. Like the Sword of kaigen is its own thing. Um so I don't know. I, I just thought that she she's a very interesting character, um, not character, a person. Um, uh, but uh, uh it was it was cool to read about her notes and read about her. Um, and this is all taken from different interviews and I'm sorry, I apologize because I, I don't have the interviewers credited here. I should do a better job of that. Shaking um, my head. I know. I know. My English teachers would be upset that I did not include a bibliography.
2: Also check out her website. Um, there's some really cool extras that it's like glossaries of theonite terms, like a map of the their earth. Uh, and just kind of break down to the Theonite types and stuff. It's really cool.
0: We didn't even we didn't even joke once about the uh, like Duma and or, or D- D- Denma and D-
1: Seer. D- S- I mean. Yeah, like
0: <laughs> the the uh, the like Seconds, give me a hours. give me a Denma. I'm like you couldn't just say minutes. <laughs> come on, but that that that, that was definitely a, a world building choice because this isn't Earth. Yeah. Um, but I was laughing every that. single time. I was, I, I, Daniel. I think you, uh, you were joking about it, but you had looked like, is this like another language? Is this like a translation from something else? I thought else? it was just going to be this like
1: Japanese, not... right? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of Japanese words in this book, and I just thought it was, and it's, it wasn't, unless what I looked at was wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah, super funny. Um, yeah, that that. <laughs> Yeah, every single time I was like, I don't know what they're saying, but I think I get the gist. It was I had to do a lot of context clues for when they were talking about time. Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh boy. Well, cool. Yeah. Good book.
0: Good stuff. Great episode. I'm I'm so sorry that this was such a long episode, but good stuff.
1: Uh, who cares? Who cares? We make good content, right? Good stuff. <laughs> um Thank you, Hannah and Jadez for sending us emails. JDes, uh Mario email uh, was making Parker probably giggle a lot because he can relate.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, I, it, every every part of that email was so funny. Um, yeah, I, I encourage you to keep writing, Jadez, because I want to read your works. Um, and also, we were joking about different Mario games and our love for Super Paper Mario Wii, which is great. And uh, uh, thank you to Jacob um, for reading along. He read this book, um, and also he hosted Maddie and I. We got to see him and meet his son, um, y'all know Jacob Robinson, who who is the uh, creator of our intro and outro, um, and also guest star on the show two episodes ago, one episode ago, A
1: couple of yes,
0: yeah, recently, so, something. Go we'll check it out, something like that. Something like
1: that. And then next month, God, what is next month? What are you reading? Is it is it time? Is it Children of Time? Is it Children of Freaking Time next month? It's God, about time. time we made it to this book. About Children gotta, of Time, I got to sit it right here. Cannot wait to read it. Children of Time by Adrian Tchaikovsky. Um, just the first one, it's a it's a trilogy, it's a series, but we're just doing another book one, another big one.
0: Which, uh, oh, I, yeah, Hannah or Jay, 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 I think <laughs> joked about it because she was like, guys, you got to give us a break. And I, I, Sorry, we Jay. didn't. We didn't think it through, okay? Cuz the, both these books are pretty hefty.
1: We gave you Catch Me If You Can like a month ago.
0: Come that's on. That's a that's a freebie to skip that one. We should have just <laughs> told everyone like you, this is a this is a maybe like maybe you read it, maybe you don't. We're maybe not we're it, not going to even
1: move to set. You're forced to read children of time. So pick it up, read it by uh May something. Hopefully it for next episode.
0: Yes. Um before we before we sign off, I have one more special thank you. Um, So we had Stephanie Clifford reach out to me, uh, reach out to us on our um, Instagram account. So she's the author of a book called The Farewell Tour, um, and she sent us a copy of that book uh, to read. And so, yeah, so I I actually got it in the mail this week, um, and I I fully intend on giving that a read and then uh, uh, giving it a review um, and, and talking more about it, but the farewell tour, I'm, I'm really excited about it. it it's a, it's about a musician on a, on a farewell tour. Um, and it, it sounds like a, uh, I mean, just from the synopsis could be totally a different story, but it sounds similar to like a Daisy Jones and the six, like yeah. kind of vibe, um, which I, I actually, we were talking vibe. about this last week. I really need a break from all of the sci-fi fantasy that I've been consuming. So the farewell tour could not have come at a better time. So thank you, Stephanie Clifford for sending that to us.
2: Thank you, thank you thank you thank you and thank you to jacob robinson for our wonderful theme music
1: and to maddie moon for our wonderful art thank you both never forget the real books were the friends we made along the way yeah that's that's it